Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. I thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. Tonight, I wanted to sort of play it a little fun and answer some of the typical questions that I get asked, um, being that we are a homeschooling family. And For the homeschooling families out there, I am sure that you will be able to relate to at least one of these questions. And if there are families out there who are considering homeschooling, I would encourage you to listen in. And I'm sure that you may yourself have some of these questions. Um, And if you're not a homeschooling family, I would hope to provide in this podcast a little bit of insight into answering some questions that just maybe you were afraid to ask of a homeschooling family. You know, those questions that are on your mind, but you really didn't have the nerve to ask. So I'm going to go through just a short list of questions, and I hope that I could enlighten, encourage, and maybe even inspire you if you are thinking about homeschooling or just curious about it, or if you are already on the homeschooling journey. Now, as many of you know, having listened to me before, or you know, if you read my books or my blog, that I would was an accidental homeschooler. I actually have a podcast episode all about my story of how I became a homeschooler. Um, but real briefly, I was never intending to homeschool. It wasn't even on my radar until God changed my heart. And that was the year that my daughter was entering kindergarten. She is now in ninth grade. So this is our 10th year of homeschooling. We've been doing it a while and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Um, we love it, but it's been quite a journey. And I've been asked all kinds of questions along the way. I've been looked at in every way from what are you crazy to, um, you know, wow, I admire you. You must be superwoman, which isn't true at all. I just serve a super God who provides super strength. Um, But some of the questions that I have been asked along the way and some of those questions I probably had in my mind even before I started But, um, you know, like I said, I was an unlikely homeschooler. So this wasn't my plan. So I was full of questions early on. And I didn't know how to answer a lot of those questions that would come about when people found out that I was actually going to be homeschooling. So um, let's see, that first year, you know, when I say that God called me to homeschool, that's really how I felt because it had nothing to do with me. I totally never thought I would homeschool until I walked into the public school to register my daughter for kindergarten. And something came over me that was just this feeling of, um, she's not going to this school. (laughs) That's how I can explain it. Just this whole feeling as I was sitting there, you know, filling out paperwork to register her thinking, nope, she's not going here. And I couldn't explain it. I didn't know why I was having those feelings. I had never considered not sending her to school literally until I had walked into the school building and something just came over me. It was, um, you know, an incredible feeling that I just knew that she wasn't going to go to that school. So that's a whole story in itself. And it took a lot of soul searching and, um, you know, um, how, 
I could actually decide to, you know, go from, okay, she's not going to school. Well, what what is she going to do? Because like I said, homeschooling wasn't on my radar yet. Um, But anyway, through a series of events, I'll keep that part of the story really short. You can find that I'm sure somewhere on my blog, I've written about it and you can find the whole podcast episode about that story. But um, that, um, you know, feeling of her not going to school was like, okay, great. I, um, kind of feeling like, excuse me, I'm kind of feeling like I don't want to send her to this school, but what is the alternative? So the first alternative would have been, um, uh, Christian school, private school. Um, and that quickly was taken off the table because it was just too expensive. And I just didn't feel like that was the right option. So through a whole series of events that summer and a lot of prayer and a lot of soul searching and a lot of seeking the Lord, we decided we would homeschool. And, um, we decided we would do it for just one year and, you know, it's only kindergarten. I'll just get it out of my system. I can't mess it up too bad. (laughs) And uh, here we are 10 years later. But um, that first year, I had a lot of questions myself. Like, okay, the number one question I probably had was, and we'll just get this one off the table, because even though most people will say now that this isn't a big deal, it's still a question in most people's mind. What about socialization? And every homeschooler out there will roll their eyes at this question. I'm rolling my eyes literally right now sitting at my desk because it is um, pretty much the number one question you get asked. But I am hopeful that as the homeschooling community grows, and as um, homeschooling has become so much more mainstream, even in the 10 years that I've been doing it, that people will stop asking this question because homeschoolers are amazingly social. And, you know, you can find social misfits in the public school, okay? Let's just turn on the news channel nowadays, right? There's not always great stuff going on in public schools. So let's just take the socialization question off the table. There is good socialization and there is bad socialization. And just because somebody is going to school doesn't make them perfectly socialized. And just because somebody is homeschooled doesn't make them unsocial or a social misfit. Um, but anyway, that is probably still the number one question. And especially was it was the number one question probably in my mind early on. But again, when I started doing it, I thought, well, it's just for kindergarten and, you know, we won't ruin her for life. <laughs> And I'm pleased to say 10 years later, my daughter is one of the most social girls I I know. She's completely um, socialized, if you want to use that word. And when I say socialized, I'm not I don't want to even like compare it to the typical public school socialization, because it's completely different. She um, and all my children, you know, they interact with uh, kids of all different ages, which is the number one thing that I could say about socialization that is such a benefit. There isn't that um, feeling of, I should only hang around the people in my group or the people that are exactly my age. You know, in, in her whole journey, she has had friends when she was younger that were, you know, teenagers, but were more of like mentors to her. And she has now as a teenager, she is no problem if I have friends over and they bring their friends and there's just a nine-year-old for her to play with, that doesn't even cross her mind that they're only nine, you know, she'll still hang out with that um, person. So it doesn't matter 
you know, they don't have that age group thing going on. You know, as an adult, I don't own, I'm 40. I just turned 40 this year. And I'm pleased to say I do not only hang out with 40 year olds. I hang out with friends who are much older than me. And I love the information that I can glean from them and the um, kind of relationship where you can be mentored. And I have friends myself who are much younger than me that may be just starting out in their motherhood journey or in their marriage or, you know, um, just having young children. And I can use my experience to help them and to mentor them. And I believe that's the way God created relationships, that we have friends and relationships with people of all different ages. And that is truly good socialization. Um, you know, she, my daughter is uh, in ninth grade and she has so much confidence that I actually admire. I, I look at her and I'm like, wow, as a teenager, you do things that I'm socially awkward as an adult doing. You know, for instance, she w- went to this youth group event and she was invited and she wasn't, you know, sure she had never been and she didn't know many people there and she wasn't going with any of her friends. She was just going to show up and she would know people once she got there. Honestly, as an adult, I wouldn't do that. I would only want to go with my friends. I wouldn't want to walk in if I didn't know anybody. I'm, I'm so to- totally social, socially awkward sometimes. And, um, you know, so I admired that. She has a great amount of confidence and um, there is no question that she's unsocialized. Um, there are many times in our homeschooling journey that we have had to kind of slow down our schedule and stay home more because we're just out too much and we need to be home and focused on our schoolwork and doing the things at home. So the socialization issue to me is not an issue. It's a non-issue, but I know to many people it is still a question. So if you are questioning, you know, how do homeschoolers get socialized? I promise you, if you hung out with a group of um, homeschoolers for a day, you would see that that is not even a question. They're completely normal. They belong to co-ops. They belong to, you know, all different groups. um, And they just have a different way of educating. So you know, that whole question is really not even, um, up for discussion, (laughs) but, um, I know it's still out there. So yes, homeschoolers are very social and they are social in a good way. Another question I remember thinking when, um, we were just starting out was, you know, I would definitely not do this for the older grades. How would you, how would you do this? Um, if your child wanted to go to high school or college one day, you know, how would you, how would you homeschool high school? And in the beginning, oh my goodness, if you told me that I would have been homeschooling high school? No way. There was no way. I thought we'll do this, you know, one year. One year turned into, well, maybe just for a few years. A few years turned into, well, definitely just till eighth grade. And then she'll go to high school. And as we approach the high school years, God has just kept me on this path. And I always tell people that, you know, God called me to homeschool. And when he tells me to stop, I will stop. And right now he hasn't. I am on this journey and I feel like we're in it for the long haul. And, um, but back then, if you had told me that I would have been teaching high school, I would have laughed. I would have said, no way, that's not going to happen. But it's totally possible 
Homeschoolers do very well in high school. There is such an abundance of information out there to support the homeschooling family. There is curriculum like you wouldn't believe. I mean, there is just so much to choose from. Um, so there is just an abundance of of ways to even homeschool high school. And that's the beautiful thing that I love about homeschooling high school. We are able to tailor our child's education just for their learning style, just for their goals. You know, I talked to my daughter now about, well, what do you think you want to do after high school? Is it going to be college? Is it going to be community college? You know, so we can sort of have this really precise, tailor-made education specifically for her goals and her interests. And um, it's a beautiful thing. But there is so much help out there. Never be afraid to um, homeschool high school. I know I was terrified as we were getting closer to the high school years. But we are nearing the end of our first year, and it has been... Amazing. And the beautiful thing about homeschooling high school is, you know, when the kids are younger, that's sort of all you know is um, sitting down with them and doing the lessons and reading with them and, and really a lot of hands on teaching. But as they get older and mature and they become more independent, they're teaching themselves. And how awesome is that? That's true learning. When I'm able to give her a stack of books and a schedule and I'm, I'm able to say to her, you know, this is your work. And then I don't give her tests with multiple choice questions. You have, I, she had exams this week, so she had to write essays for each one, um, for each subject. There were different questions and she had to write essays. So she's learning to think. She's learning to um teach herself and high school is wonderful because they're just so independent. You sort of, as the homeschool mom, you are growing out of your job. <laughs> You're sort of handing over your job to them because at this point they have the maturity and the independence to really teach themselves and to um, pursue their education and to own it, you know, to take ownership of that education. So high school, do not be afraid of it. There is just so much help available out there. And um, another question, sort of along that line that I would get um, asked often would be, how do you homeschool multiple age children? You know, people look at me and they're like, you have four children. How do you do it? How do you teach four different levels? And for me, I think it's almost the other way. Well, how does a school teach 25 kids all at once? <laughs> you know, if you think about it, I only have four. To me, that's 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 easy. Um, I don't have a classroom of 25 children. Yes, they may all be in the same grade, but they all have different learning styles. They're all um, learning at a somewhat different level. And you can't possibly give the individualized attention to 25 of them. But with four of them, I have found ways to give them all their individual attention. And you have to remember, because they're not all the same age, again, it actually makes it a little bit easier. Sure, the early years were probably the most difficult when they all sort of needed a lot of help. But once the older one was starting to get old enough, she's, you know, remember working more independently. So at any time, I mean, I, right now I have a first grader, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, and a ninth grader. And this is, it's just getting easier and easier because I really am only teaching 
the first grader really the most. The fifth grader does a lot on his own, and then I'm with him, um, I would say, you know, 50-50, no, not even 50-50. He's probably 75% on his own, and I'm helping him the other um, 25%. And then the seventh grader, he is very independent. He does everything, and I check his work, um, and we go over it. Um, So I'm really only basically... um, teaching mostly everything with the first grader. And also, I use the older kids to help the younger kids sometimes. And that just helps in building relationships. It And, you know, it's not me just using my kids to do my job. <laughs> Although there is a lot of delegating sometimes. That's not what I mean. Um, but it's using those, those older ones because, number one, they can reinforce things that they know and review things that they know when they're helping the younger ones. And it also also builds relationships. What first grader doesn't want to sit and, you know, practice reading his books to his seventh grade brother? You know, he idolizes his older brother. So he gets so excited to sit and be able to do math or read with his brother. So you can do a lot of that kind of relationship building right there within um, the school. But when my children were all very little, to um, teach multiple age groups at once, we actually did a lot of things together, like science and history and um, nature and art and all those kinds of things we would do together as a group. And, you know, the older ones could do a little bit more um, uh, involved projects than the younger ones. But it was really wonderful to be able to sit down and do all those subjects together. And then for each child's individual time for math, language, arts, um, you know, writing, things like that, I would delegate specific time for each child in the morning. So, um, you know, the first half an hour of the day was always designated to the youngest. And, um, you know, while I was working with that him, the older ones could get started on their work. And then I would move to the next oldest and I would work with them and I would look over the work they had done alone. And then we would, you know, go over anything new where I would teach anything new. And then I would go to the next oldest. And we did that for um, several years. And we still sort of do that now. But like I said, there's a lot more independent work with the older ones. Um, and the rule was, and this was very important in maintaining sanity when you're homeschooling schooling multiple ages, when you are giving the individual attention to one child, it is very important that the other children know that they must wait their turn for mommy. Because in the beginning, I would be like, okay, I'm going to work with, you know, so-and-so. And we'd sit down and work. And then the other one would come in. Oh, I need help with this math question. Just this one second. I just need help for one second. Okay. So then I start helping them. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, I need help. You know, another one walks in. I need help with this. It'll only take a second. And before I know it, you know, only one second. And I'm helping all these <laughs> other kids. And um, it there was always a lot of interruptions. So I made this rule that... When mommy is working with one child, I don't care how badly you need me. I mean, obviously, unless it's emergency, um, I don't care how badly you need me for that math problem or whatever it is. You need to wait until it's your turn. There's always something else you can move on to while you wait. Even if it's a coloring page, there's always something else I would have available for them to do 
while they waited if there wasn't any more work to do. So that has been a strict rule and I've stuck with that and that's really, really been helpful so that, you know, everyone knows they will get a turn. And that's the important thing about delegating different times to each child. If they know that their turn is coming up, then they know that they can wait and they know that they will get mommy at some point. So that has been a huge sanity saver. Um, Another question that um, I would say I have been asked a lot as a homeschooler is how do you stand being with your children all day? And I laugh saying that because if I didn't laugh, honestly, I would cry. How do I stand being with the child, the people that I love the most in the world? I don't stand it. I love it, you know. Um, but it's a very, it's a very, very typical question, I must say. I've been asked that so many times. Um, And unfortunately, one time I was asked it in front of my children. And I felt so terrible for them because who wants your child to hear that? You know, like how like they say people say it joking around. But like if a child hears somebody say it to them, it's saying, how do you stand being with your kids? And I never want my children to feel that way. You know, it's hard when they're really young all at once. Yes, I, I it was hard, but I never felt like I had to stand it, you know. And now that they're older and they're getting older, it just, it's fun. We enjoy being together. We have fun together. Um, so it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor to be with my children every day, to be the one teaching them, to be the one who gets to see them read their first book and write their first sentence. Um, so I I just look at it as an honor. Um, yes, it's hard. And yes, when they're little, especially, um, mommy does need to take care of herself and mommy does need to have quiet time and mommy even sometimes needs nap time. Um, you know, all those things are are definitely um, something you need to remember that you do need to take time for yourself. But it's not forever. It really, it doesn't last forever, those crazy early chaotic years. Before you know it, they're growing up and it's different. You know, the noise changes. It's not the screaming toddler noise. It's, you know, just the older kids, you know, hanging out and having fun. And um, it changes and it does get easier, I think. So, um, I don't stand it. I enjoy it. And um, that would lead me to the next question. Oh, you homeschool. You must be superwoman or something. Absolutely. 100% no. I am not superwoman. There is nothing super about me except that I serve a super God who provides tons of supernatural strength um, daily. And I don't do this at all in my own strength. If I were to do this in my own strength, it would look like me laying in bed till probably nine o'clock, you know, um, getting out of bed very slowly. Oh, I guess it's time to go downstairs and, you know, complaining because I see that the kitchen is a mess. But no, I am choosing to let God lead me. So in the morning, the first thing I do is read my Bible. I don't let my eyes look at any other words until I've read his word. And I pray and I say to him, Lord, my human self just wants to stay in this bed. I don't want to face another day of reading frog and toad. No, really, when you're on your fourth kid going through frog and toad, Sometimes I'm like, no, I can't do it again. But um, 
you know, God provides. He doesn't lead you where he's not going to provide the strength and the ambition and the desire to even read Frog and Toad again. But he um, has provided every single ounce of strength and energy. There are many days where it's hard and there's many, many moments where I am not even close to superwoman. You know, I lose my patience and I yell and I complain and I do all those things that I don't want to do. But yet I can go and ask God for more. I need more grace. I need more strength. I need more help. And he's always there to provide it, but you have to go and ask him for it. Um, So I would say that, you know, when people look at me and they say, oh, you must be superwoman. Oh, you must be so patient. Oh, you must be so organized. Oh, you must be so this. I'm none of those things in my natural human flesh. Yes, I might be patient because you see me being patient because God's given me patience because yesterday I lost it. <laughs> you know, so God has grown me so much as a mother. Um, he's grown me so much from who I was in the early years to now, but there is no way on earth that I am superwoman. It is merely because God has called me to homeschool that I am able to homeschool. And then, you know, people look at me and say, well, how do you have the time to write and go speaking and do all these things? And, you know, I look at that and I say, there are moms out there who work out of the house. There are moms out there who are working way later than I am outside of the house. I'm with my kids all day and I work from home, but it's it's just part of our lifestyle. So it's not to me a challenge. It's just a gift. It's, it's a gift that God has given me to have this lifestyle and I've embraced it. Um, so it's perspective, you know, how are you going to look at it as, um, is it going to be hard? And like, I've, I've been talking a lot about this lately on the blog. Are we going to just hang in there and say, Oh, life is so hard. And it's so hard. These kids are so hard and keeping house is hard and homeschooling is hard. Are we going to say we serve an awesome God and he gives us the strength to do these things. And we are so blessed to be able to do these things. Um, I don't have to go to work and put my children in public school or daycare or whatever. I'm home with them. So I embrace it. And um, that's that might make me superwoman because I, you know, am letting God um, work through me, but I take no credit for it. It is completely him who provides everything that I do. And when you're doing what you love, it just, it's easy. (laughs) But um, so no, I am certainly not super patient, super perfect, super organized, super smart. Oh yeah, that's another question. That'll bring me to one more question. How do you homeschool your kids? Were you a trained teacher? Do you have a degree in teaching? That question used to drive me crazy in the beginning because it just brought out all my own insecurities. As soon as I said no, when somebody asked me, oh, was this, you know, what you went to school for to be a teacher? As soon as I said no, I just thought that they were looking at me like, well, then you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Your kids belong in school because you're not a teacher. And then I realized over the years that I am a teacher. No, I don't have a degree. I have a degree from college, but not in teaching. I don't have a degree, you know, that says I'm a teacher. But I have a God who created me to be my children's mother. And who is better to be their teacher than their mother? And um, 
I know that God did create me to be their teacher because he called me to homeschool. So I don't have a degree hanging on my wall that says I'm a teacher, but I do have a God who put me in this place for this time to do this. And he has provided abundantly all I need. And you know what? He has provided a myriad of curriculum out there. And there is so much help that you really do not need to be a certified public school teacher in order to teach your children at home. And again, it's two totally different training grounds because a teacher, a publicly trained teacher for a public school is um, trained in teaching a classroom full of students, you know, all the same age, and they're trained specifically for public school or a private school. But a homeschool doesn't really look at all like a public school. So um, you do not need to be a, a publicly trained teacher because there is just so much available help out there. And again, I'm not teaching a classroom full of 25 children. I'm teaching my own children that God created me to raise and to teach. And I think that's a great place to end, right? Because I just want to um, encourage you, if you are thinking about homeschooling or if you're in the middle of it and you're thinking, what on earth have I gotten myself into? Or you're just interested in learning more about homeschool. Remember that um, God does not call us to do something if he's not going to equip us. If God, you know, doesn't... Um, Maybe you feel that God isn't calling you to homeschool. Maybe you think that your children belong in school, and that's completely between you and him, and that would be something you need to pray about. But if you're feeling that um, the homeschooling lifestyle is for you, but you have all these questions, you know, I hope I was able to give you a little bit of encouragement or answer some of them. And if you have more questions, you can email me at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I love to talk with other homeschooling families and and answer, I've been answering a lot of emails lately to um, to families that are, you know, thinking about it or in the midst of it. And, um, you know, don't listen to me. I always tell them I am nothing to do with your family or your decision. This is strictly between you and God. But if you can glean anything from my experience um, or my um, my journey or, you know, anything that can just encourage you, please do so. But ultimately, the decision is between your family and between God. And I would encourage you to uh, seek him in the decision. But feel free to email me any other questions that I didn't answer tonight. Um, or you can visit me on my Facebook page, Simply Living for Him. I also write at Bible-based homeschooling, and I share all sorts of Christian resources there for the homeschooling family. So you can visit me at that website or on the Facebook page. I have um, some books on Amazon. I have Simply Homeschool. I have Called Home, Finding Joy and Letting God Lead Your Homeschool. And I have Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. Those are all available exclusively at Amazon in Kindle or paperback. In just about uh, less than two weeks, I'll be speaking in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> Excuse me, at the Opryland Hotel. 
and I will be speaking at the Teach Them Diligently convention, which is an enormous homeschooling convention. There will be thousands of other homeschooling families there, tons of great speakers. Um, there's a huge exhibit hall to look at curriculum and just to you know meet other families. It's a wonderful event. If you are in the area, you have to go. It is just too great uh, not to go. And their website is teachthemdiligently.net. They are God-centered, um, all about making disciples and family, and it's just a wonderful organization. So I encourage you to check that out. And I will be speaking there. I'm giving five different presentations um, while I'm there, and that is March uh, 19th. No, I'm sorry, March 18th, 19th, and 20th um, coming up. And then again, the same convention will be in Atlanta at the end of April. And um, in May, it will be at uh, the Kalahari Resorts in Sandusky, Ohio. So I'll be speaking at all three of those events on all different topics in um, homeschooling. And then in the summer, I am giving a retreat over in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at the beautiful lodges at Gettysburg. And that's not actually about homeschooling. That whole weekend is for women. And it's women that are looking to simplify their lives. They are looking to um, find some rest and renewal and decluttering and focusing on our hearts. Um, I truly believe the more we chase Jesus, the less we want in this world. And that is the answer to decluttering our lives. So we're going to get in the word. We're going to spend time in quiet. We're going to spend time worshiping. We're going to spend time fellowshipping. We're going to spend time laughing. It's just going to be a beautiful weekend away. So tell your girlfriends, they have these beautiful lodges there that you can stay up to eight women in a lodge. And they have like kitchens and living rooms and bedrooms and they're beautiful and they're giving us a great discount so um, check it out at the lodges at gettysburg.com and you can find all of the information for the retreat um, on my website simplylivingforhim.com you can simply come to the retreat you do not have to stay in the lodges you can buy a ticket and just join us for the retreat and stay at a place of your choice or you can take up the lodges at gettysburg on their discount and you can book one of the lodges with them. You'll find all the information on simplylivingforhim.com. I would love for you to join us. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. I've been praying about this for so long, and I am so excited to see what God does that weekend. Again, I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him, and I thank you for joining me. I wish you blessings and joy.